You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology for Thursday, March the 6th, 2008. It's, uh, it's been an interesting week. I'm Jim Hedger from metamen.com and I'm joined by Dave Davies from beanstalk-inc.com. Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing, uh, well, you know what, from the sounds of it, I'm doing a hell of a lot better than you are. Uh, oh man, I have spent the last week with, uh, when I got back to Santa Clara from SMX, I was sick and I've had my ass truly kicked by this flu. Uh, I'm humbled. I'm humbled in front of the small virus. Well, I hope you hope you get better. Uh, hope you get better shortly. Um, well, dude, I hope I feel as good as you're feeling. You're like in Whistler right now. I I am. I am enjoying. Uh, you know, I just got back from the hot tub. So you know, I mean, I wasn't exactly <laughs> skiing this time, but <laughs> no time to put that in before the show. But time always for a quick hot tub. And uh, oh, dude, <laughs> lucky you. Well, you know what? While you've been away, you've missed some. Uh, Pretty dramatic stuff in the search marketing world. Um, it was funny. I, I talked to you either last night or early this morning, and uh, I think I was the first to tell you about what happened with Ask.com. Yes, you were, and in the, such tells you how I how I take vacations. I basically forgot the rest of the world existed, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a chance to look it up since. But but why don't you summarize and, and uh, along with my listeners, uh, maybe I'll learn a little bit about what's going on as well. Well, to be honest. At this point, I'm not sure what's going on because, I mean, uh, as of Monday and yesterday and even, even early this morning, I was pretty convinced that IAC had pulled the plug on Ask.com, was, um, you know, going to keep the property operating, but was going to start focusing less on becoming the extraordinary search engine, improving the extraordinary search engine that, uh, that Ask is right now, and was going to focus on, well, on a demographic of women in the Midwest to southern United States uh, tends to be their highest user group, or at least that's what Jim Safka, the Safka, the new uh, CEO, is saying. However, 
this morning I was just sort of breezing around the search media, and I came across an article by Kevin Newcomb at uh, Search Engine Watch. Um, Kevin went and actually spoke with the folks at IAC, and they say they're going to keep Ask chugging along. Now, what we do know is they fired Gary Price, their extraordinary evangelist, and um, for people in the in the search media, you all will remember Patrick Crisp. Well, he's gone too, as well as 38 other key Ask employees. So there's changes happening at Ask. Um, it's assumed that their focus on improving their engine is um, going to be limited to none in the future, and uh, it's been a kind of sad week for uh, for a lot of people in the in the space. You know, I, I read the same article that you were you're referring to, the one uh, the one Kevin wrote over at the SEW uh, site. It sounded to me in it, and, and please correct me if you took a different interpretation, that it's almost a return back to their roots. They were talking about how um, you know search is uh, still going to be important, but what they're really focusing on is people who are asking questions and, and gearing the search uh, around people who are, are looking for answers. Um, to you, does this seem like a return back to, to Jeeves? Um, oh, God, I hope not. Could you imagine if, if Jeeves, like, remember when Jeeves went on vacation or was encrusted in carbonite, depending which story you heard? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if he comes back as a skirt chaser? I mean, seriously, <laughs> that would be embarrassing. I, 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 I can't imagine that thought. It's, it's, it's too much to bear. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is this, uh, is this a case where something is so well-branded, the Ask Jeeves a Question concept, that they can't break away from it, even though they've tried so hard in the last couple of years. Like, we know why Jim Linzone and uh, Brian Dillard dumped Jeeves in the first place. That was to differentiate themselves from the piece of, piece of uh, spam that Ask Jeeves had become. Um, but also in the last two years, Ask.com has been fighting hard to become, to, to be the best search engine they could possibly be. And, you know, I, I think it was a, fair amount of consensus in the in the search marketing space that they'd they'd reach it they'd become an, the best search engine unfortunately search engine users didn't know or didn't care their you know muscle memory has them typing google or uh loyalty has them going to yahoo or to even even to live search um all of which were driving far more visitor traffic than than ask ever did but it was still a damn good search engine and what they'd accomplished in the last two years, I think, inspired um, inspired a lot of a lot of people in search marketing. And again, to see that it didn't work out, that uh, they're obviously they are obviously stepping back. I mean, that's that's, that's really saddening. Yeah, it is. But uh, but I think it is in the end for their bottom line. Um, despite the fact that you're right, over the last couple of years, and they they've launched some some incredible features and stuff like that over the last couple of years. Um, but returning back to what they are, I mean, we've watched them for the last, I don't know how many years, just bashing their head against the wall. Um, so, I mean, this, this return back to, to their core user base may at least give them some, some breathing room and, um, you know, start to steer them in, in the right direction. They're not going to go up against Google. They're not going to go up over, over Yahoo or MSN and certainly not a combined, uh, the, the combination of the two. So, you know, uh, picking a, a specific market and, and really hitting it is, is probably going to save them a lot of headaches in, in trying to play with the big boys when they're, they have the best search engine, but they're just not branded the way Google and, and, uh, and Yahoo and, and Microsoft are. Um, well, perhaps. But and, speaking you know, about... Like, like Danny Sullivan... Sorry? 
No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to note something that Danny Sullivan pointed out in uh, in his obit for uh, for Ask.com. It looks as though we're moving to a um, a two-player search sphere. We have uh, we're going to have Microsoft and and Google. Yeah. Uh, assuming, of course, the Microsoft acquisition of Yahoo goes through, or something happens in in the Yahoo sphere, it looks as though we're going to have two major players. Um, and that, you know, one of the things I think that people were holding out for, especially in light of the Microsoft Yahoo uh, deal, is uh, that Ask would be a credible third party. You know, Ask would be the competition. But that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, on another note, I got some great news for you that I don't think you've heard yet. What's that? Stepforth head SEO, Scott Van Ack. He's a proud new father as of yesterday. His uh, his daughter Emma came into the world at seven pounds, and uh, and yeah, uh, he and he and his wife Lindsay are um, relaxing, taking a little bit of time off now to cope with being new parents. And you know, on behalf of Team Metamend, and I'm, I'm sure on behalf of you, of you, Dave, um, I'd like to like to say congratulations to him. Yeah, that is just just great news. I actually did notice it only because I, I logged into MSN today. Um, and and happened to notice that yeah that's his name is he can't believe he's a, a proud new daddy and it's just just phenomenal and uh, and a really great guy and uh, I, I'm sure he'll make uh, make a wonderful dad so yeah um, so, so yeah, good on you Scott and welcome to, welcome to the community um um what else do we have here um, well we, we can have... we can we can welcome IE8 to the community it, it did launch oh, I, I've downloaded it haven't installed it yet but uh, you know people who aren't aware. If there, I'm sure there's developers out there. You know, it's probably a good time to download the beta and and, uh, and get testing those uh, those sites you're working on. Uh, yeah, just sure in case it doesn't work, work with some of them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Um, but more more exciting, and you actually uh, you know sort of reminded me that, uh, that this is an ongoing story. Sorry, vacation, little slow. Of course, it's an ongoing story. Um, but I was doing a little looking into earlier. Um, some of the the efforts that Yahoo is making to slow Microsoft, um, you know, sort of on the on the Microsoft tangent, uh, really quite silly as far as I'm concerned. But uh, but what are your feelings on on things like uh, you know uh, dealing with uh, with their annual general meeting and, and that sort of thing? Um, okay, it's really kind of silly on one hand, yeah, I, I absolutely see that, and I've, you know, I can remember making jokes with you on the phone a couple hours ago about it, but um, this is something Yahoo's got to do. Yahoo's got to fight to the very end. Um, I, 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 we know they don't want to let go to Microsoft. We know they want to pursue every other suitor that's possibly out there, although the pool of suitors is looking kind of, uh, kind of, kind of iffy. I mean, w- there's a lot of speculation on a recent deal that they must have made with News Corp because you see a little uh, MySpace, MySpace uh, button appearing in, in Yahoo Search now. Um, and uh, we know they're pursuing something with AOL. Is that going to be enough to drive their market share upwards? Uh, well, AOL has a, has a hell of a lot of users just primed and ready for right media's display ads. Is that going to help Yahoo search marketing? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what, we'll see what direction that goes in. Um, as for messing around with their corporate rules, we know, that, we know that Microsoft is going to be posing a proxy challenge in which they're going to try to appoint their, or, or, or put forward names of Microsoft-friendly people to be elected to Yahoo's board. 
Now, Yahoo has to have an annual general meeting every year. All public companies have to. That's where you answer to your shareholders. And they have to hold one within a year of their last one. Apparently, Microsoft has changed their, I'm sorry, Yahoo has changed their corporate rules, allowing them one extra month. So they have to hold one before July the 12th. That's a given. Hard date, set in stone. I don't think they can screw around with that any further. Um, but this puts off the, this puts off the, I'm not going to say the inevitable, but it puts off a decision. It puts off finality. And Google must be loving this. I mean, watching Microsoft and Yahoo beat up on each other, they're going to come out of this like two punch-drunk fighters. Google must just be loving every second of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've never seen anything like this at Google, not, not this sort of, you know, we know full well that if Microsoft uh, in the end does take Yahoo, we know that it wasn't enjoyable uh, for Yahoo. We know how Yahoo is going to be left feeling at the end. Um, but at the same time, you know, in part, I think Yahoo is doing a, a disservice uh, in doing all these things. It is just postponing the inevitable. It's making an ugly battle out of something that, um, you know, it, it's like my kids arguing after I've said, no, you, you, you can't have more sugar. Um, you, it, just, it just makes it a miserable experience for everybody involved. The answer is always going to be the same. So the answer is Microsoft is going to take it. So, you know, all they're really doing is, is as you point out, making Google smile a little bit on the way. Um, but in the end. Well, isn't that yeah. all of our jobs every day? <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> it seems like okay. it. It seems like it. I just got a message from, uh, from our producer, Brasco, in the booth that uh, our special guest is on hold and waiting for us to go to break so we can get to her. Um, now, listeners might remember, we've been doing a 10-part series on SEO, and it got interrupted last week because of SMX. Um, so we felt we needed a special treat to come back to the series with. And, of course, this being Webcology, we're delivering. We have on hold the fabulous... Deborah Mosteller, the president of Alliance Link, um, she wrote an article that actually won a SEMI, a Search Marketing Award for Excellence. Um, it's, being, it's been republished in WebPro News today in the expert, expert article section. It's called, Help, I'm New, I Need Links, What Can I Do? An answer to that question is forthcoming. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies for Beanstalk-Inc. You're listening to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back in a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Don't be fooled by your web analytics. If you think your web analytics are giving you all the information needed to manage your paid search accounts, you'd be shocked to see what they're not telling you. How are you tracking sales received over the phone that resulted from your PTC ads? Now, you can track call-in sales by campaign, search engine, and keyword with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Optimize top spending keywords with more accurate tracking and achieve higher PPC profitability. Get started now tracking your PPC call and sales with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Visit EngineReady.com to see how easy and inexpensive accurate call and tracking can be. EngineReady.com. Uh, hello. Uh, welcome to our website. 
Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Welcome to the Daily Searchcast. Google, of course, has already told us today about how wonderful it is you can, like, get Gmail through IMAP on the iPhone. It's sweet. They just added it to the new iPhone update. Of course they, of course they did. It's the iPhone, right? Oh, I'm surprised really they didn't cool. crawl into bed with the iPhone and do all sorts of things. Well, if you want to know, really, I mean, last night I was in bed with my iPhone playing with it, showing it to my wife. Oh, okay. You didn't have to go there. <laughs> yeah. So many levels. <laughs> the Daily Searchcast. Live broadcast Monday through Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the webmasterradio.fm homepage. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to the second part of Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger from metamen.com and joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc. And we're joined by the president of Alliance Link, Deborah Mesteller. Deborah, welcome to Webmaster Radio. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm so glad you could come on. Um, you wrote an article, back, I think it was back in, was it October, that, that this was originally published, Help, I Knew I Need Links? I, I, you know, I don't remember exactly. I know it was in the fall sometime, but yeah, I, I wrote that actually as a. I, I had gotten a phone call from a from a woman who was just all up in arms because she couldn't find a link builder, and she had you know gone around to the usual um, list of suspects. We we kind of sometimes we tend to move sites around between us if if we're one's too busy, you know, we'll pass it on to the other one, and nobody yeah. could help her. And poor thing, bless her heart, she ended up back with me thinking that it was something about her site and not the fact that we were all really, really busy. So from that, I kind of just sat down and plugged out that post that said, well, here's a list of things that you can do on your own. They're really simple. They don't cost a lot of money. They just take a little bit of time, and boom. Who knew that that post would go as far as it did? Well, and it it won a semi, which is congratulations. It's an (laughs) excellent honor to receive. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got myself a little semi, so... I say that with a little wicked grin on my face, too, but we've been having some fun with that. But, yes, I really appreciated all the um, the people that voted for that. And it took me totally by surprise, given some of the people that were, you know, had articles in there as well. There was some really great material there. 
Well, and if um, if anybody's interested in reading Deborah's article, they can find it in the expert news section at webpronews.com. And also, we got links to uh, a couple of articles, one written by Andy Higgins, the um, other by Hamlet Batista. Um, all, all great articles on link building and ways to do link buildings, but unfortunately, um, Andy and Hamlet, Y'all didn't win the semi. Um, <laughs> Deborah, tell us a little bit about link building and about some of the tips that you have in the uh, in the article. Help! I'm new. I need links. What can I do? Oh gosh, um, let, me, let me pull it up because I just my memory. You know, you get to be a certain age and you totally forget where you are. Um, you know, again, <laughs> don't laugh. Um, a lot of people. That's one of the number one things, I guess, when people talk to you at conferences or they email you for help, they, they just don't know where to get started. And my philosophy with link building has always been, I, I think you should do your foundational link building before you branch out and do the more, um, I guess, experienced stuff or go into the social media areas, just so that you have a baseline of links that you have working for you. Um, traditional link building usually falls into things like doing your directory submissions, buying your chamber of commerce links. Um, finding the people in your niche that are ranking above you and backlinking those sites and finding out um, if there's opportunities there for you to get links from the same places. Those are the types of things that I, that I call foundational link building. And that's why I suggest that people start. And once they have that base of links down, then they can proceed in doing some of the content generation and, and the social media um, link building that you know, is definitely needed as well. You can't just do one thing. You can't just do reciprocal links or just do directory links unless you're in a really um, specialized and kind of far-out niche that you have no competition. But it just makes sense if you think about it because if you had a business offline and you were on Main Street USA, you wouldn't just take an ad out in the Yellow Pages and let it go. You do lots of other things. You know, you take out radio time and billboards and flyers and newspaper ads. You do a lot of different things. So you need to approach your link building the same way. You know, I, I, I'm just going to jump in here. I love that point. And, and I think, you know, it, in, in my opinion anyway, it helps protect you. You know, Google starts to shuffle around their algorithms or Yahoo or MSN. You've got a bunch of different types of links. Uh, it, it's going to cover. Now, what I really enjoyed um, when, when I read your article um, was that you didn't cover the basics. I can't count the number of articles that I've read, you've read, we all read on some of the points you made on, on directories, on, um, you know, reciprocal link building, on, you know, and I've even written some on articles um, and their use in social media, et cetera. You really covered a unique set here um, in, in what you've done. What sort of approach, when you're looking at some of the specifics of things, and, and really only answer this if you can, um, when you're trying to build these links, how much weight are you giving to things like the page rank on the page, the, the anchor text being used? Um, you know, with some of these, these link building strategies, you might not get the, the full ability to control how these, how these links are. What, what sort of considerations are you making when you're looking at a specific page or at a specific site to get a link from? Right. It's a really great question. Um, you know, link building typically is done for one of two reasons. You're either building awareness and you're building rank, one or the other. And really, I think really good link builders can do both. Um, but sometimes when you're building links and you're out looking, depending on the industry that you're in, because every industry is different. More competitive industries, obviously, are much more difficult to get links from. 
And so when you're looking for partners and you're looking for sites to, to find as link partners, you have, I guess, less criteria like page rank and or inbound link structure to really work with. Sometimes it becomes more of a numbers game. You just have to get lots of links. <laughs> but when you're looking at sites generally overall, and I do look at page rank. I do. I do look at it, look at it really quickly before I, I go into a site. Um, you have to kind of look, I guess, at the, at the overall structure, kind of like, you know, buying a house. I mean, there's all different features and attributes of a house that you have to look at. Same thing with a website. If your goal is to rank well, then you have to find those types of sites that are going to give you the needed kick in order to boost you. And then, of course, you have to find them and get them to use the anchors and, and the links um, pointing into pages on your site. All, that's really hard. You know, that work is really hard. So we tend to try to do the easier stuff and accumulate lots of those so we get the power from those links because we do derive some power. But the real power behind links lies on the better sites or what we, we in, the, in the business call an authority site. You know, those are sites that rank really well and have really high visibility. Those are the ones you want to put most of your effort into. And when we're working on client work, that's where we put most of our efforts initially. If we can get a handful of links on those sites, regardless you know, of what they say in anchor text or the type of link, we generally see the benefit right away. So lots of criteria to use. PageRank is one of them. Placement is the other, um, meaning search engine placement. Um, also, where the account will place your link on their site. Um, you know, not everybody is, is generous with their time and space. Some people will stick you or want to stick you on a links page in the back. And, you know, even though it might be a great site, if that doesn't work for you, it might not be worth your effort. So it's, it's you know, it's a difficult process, um, one that if you just kind of keep plugging and looking for sites that have high visibility both in the engines and, you know, with people at large um, and, you know, try to negotiate with any method that you can to get links on them, typically you'll see those are the ones that will give you the benefit that you want, both from a traffic standpoint and from a link, uh, rank standpoint. Deborah, one of the pieces of advice that you give in your article reads, submit to solid directories, such as JoAnt, GoGuides, Best of the Web, Ezillion, Rubber Stamped, and Massive Links. How do you define what a solid directory is? Um. I, I am a directory advocate. I guess I, I started in this business with a directory and as a directory owner, and so I have, I guess, a tie to them um, that a lot of link builders don't because I know there's been a lot of kind of bashing there with the poor directories. But directories have a real place in, in the whole lineup um, on the web, and so going into the ones that are listed in the indexes um, of the search engines is, is just a, a good idea from several standpoints. You know, it, it is an inbound link. Um, it's typically an inbound link in a thematically related area. Generally, they will allow you to host anchor text verbiage that you create with a description um, and their lifetime. I don't submit to the annual ones, uh, with the exception of Yahoo, um, because of the, the uh, renewal on the credit card feature that they have. There's no, other, there's no reason other than that. You know, clients usually hire us for a specific period of time. So I don't want to go through the renewal process every year on credit cards. But we do lifetime submissions. So those links are, you know, in there forever. We avoid directories that use a lot of AdSense. Um, I don't feel it's right to compete with an AdSense ad on a page. If you have to compete with more than one or two, I just, you know, tell people it's just not worth it. And we stay away from the ones that run a lot of nonsense, what I call footer links or 
site-wide or run-of-site links on the bottom. Um, those right now, and you'll find the better directories just don't do that, and they never have. So uh, given all the hoopla around paid links right now, um, those pages tend to be devalued, and your link doesn't get as much juice then in the end versus a directory that perhaps that doesn't use them. So, Very good point. Um, no, jumping, you, you touched on something earlier, and I've just got to ask you about it, because you mentioned a couple times through here reciprocal links. Now, uh, of course, many of our listeners, I'm sure, and myself included, have read countless times reciprocal linking is dead. Right? It's been, it has been apparently for a good couple of years. Um, but you've touched on it a couple times. What, what are your feeling on reciprocal links? You know, the, um, the world is a reciprocal link. I mean, it's, you reciprocally link sometimes without even trying to reciprocally link. Um, so they're out there and, and they work for you. I, I think the push behind not doing reciprocal links came when Google put in their guidelines that you shouldn't excessively reciprocal link. And that goes back to doing just one thing. That's all some people would do. They would have a bazillion reciprocal links and nothing else. And so they were getting, they were getting whacked. And so to that point, there are some sites out there, some of these authority sites especially, that won't, you know, sell you space. Oh, I didn't say that. That won't give you space um, unless you swap with them. And so, you know, you have to sometimes, you have to, to bow and say, okay, here, you know, we'll swap a link. In that case, I think it's fine. We don't enter into a lot of reciprocal linking. I, it's just never been anything that I've done. But there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes it's the only way that you can get a link. But, again, it should be part of your overall strategy. You shouldn't just do one thing, and that's definitely not the one thing to do. Um, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with swapping links with somebody. There really isn't. I, I mean, if you look at blog rolls, that's pretty much what they do. And I know on my website I link out to a half a dozen people, and I know they all link back. Um, it's nothing that's been contrived. It's just because we respect each other and we swap links in the, in the community. So you know what, and that's, that's a very good point. I mean, I can't count the number of sites that, you know, yeah, I happen to have linked to them, and they, they've linked to an article on our site. I've linked to something on theirs. Didn't mean to. Just happened. Um, now, you've, you've touched here as well. One of, your, one of your points here was locating prominent bloggers and blogs in your niche um, and, you know, doing commenting. You, you make a nice note about, you know, basically don't be a jerk about this um, <laughs> in the way that you do it. Um, are there tactics you found to be more successful when you're dealing in blogs and forums and, and those sort of areas um, that maybe some of the people who haven't used that as a link-building tactic may stumble on uh, in just starting, starting to add that to their arsenal? I'll tell you, the, uh, probably the second hardest thing that I do is getting links and getting pre-sale content or pre-sold content on blogs. Um, bloggers are an interesting group, and I can—I mean, we're all bloggers. We all have our blogs, and we blog. And so, a lot of times, you have to—you have to be a blogger, and, and, and to, in order to understand how bloggers think. Some of them are old school and came up when blogging started years ago, so they have a different—a different idea of how they should um, interact with their commenters or with people who approach them than, say, with this younger set that has come on. But overall, bloggers like familiarity. So, if you're on a blog. Um, you read one, it's in your niche. If you start commenting on that blog and the person that owns that blog starts to recognize you, if you ever approached them then and say, hey, I have this piece that I think would be a good fit for your blog or can I be a guest writer? Um, and let me stop there too. Blogs take a tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of time to keep up. 
And if you want to stay fresh in your niche, you have to have constant content. So a lot of people now are turning to and asking for people to help, you know, asking for guest bloggers. So if you search, you know, guest blogger or guest writer plus your keywords online, you'll see where all these blogs pop up where people are actually looking for help. But you have to narrow down. You have to pick the ones that you kind of want to attack and go after them and say, you know, hey, comment constantly, you know. And, and like I said, don't be an ass about it when you do. Don't say stupid stuff like really great posts. And you have to actually add some content. And then after a little bit of time, you know, six, eight weeks, approach them and say, hey, you know, if you ever need to take a break, I'd love to guest blog for you. And that's how the relationships start and or you can submit, you know, content and ask them to run it for you. Um, certainly one way to do it. There's, there's lots of ways, but getting, getting material on, on blogs, especially blogs in your community and high-profile blogs, is just it's really a great tactic. Well, those are all great pieces of advice, Deb, but uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting a message from the booth that we're burning time quickly. We're moving through time quickly, and we're almost out of time on the show, and I have a few more questions that I know Dave and I want to get in. Um, looking at how the practice of link building has changed over the last few years, um, have, the, have the changes in the last year forced many changes in your approach? Um, I've always been a content development girl. I've never been a... I guess, you know, we really haven't changed what we do. Actually, what we do now is, is, is a little bit easier just because of the advent of the blogging community and the wiki community and so forth. We have a whole lot more, uh, we have many more opportunities to go after links from. Social media has given us a great number of links, you know, uh, ways to get in and get links from as well. So we haven't really changed the way we do. We've changed the way we talk about it. You know, we don't talk anymore. We've really stopped talking totally about paid links publicly. Um, because that's just a that's a no no anymore. Um, you know, with the search engines having changed their guidelines, um, we look differently. You know, we know that a lot of stuff is no followed, so that's really put up a roadblock for us. Um, if you're linking for rank, but overall, the way that we have always operated here at Alliance Link, um, we really rely a lot on on content. You know, we push a lot of content and we flag a lot of people to host content with links in it. So, to that, what we found it's easier because there's just so many more platforms to go after. Now, an area I'd, I'd, I've just got to ask about, um, you've included in, in your set of, of tips, um, when you're launching a new site, issue a press release, so announce, announcing the new site. Um, have you found, that, I mean, I'm sure many of us, uh, of our listeners, have used press releases. Have you found putting out a press release announcing a new website uh, to be successful? And if so, what are the tips uh, for ways to ensure that it's, it's going to be a well-received release? Release sites are what, what they call the press release submission sites. They offer various levels of, of um, press release submissions, and you can pay the lower level and where you can pay the second or the third tiered levels. And what that does is it provides background for you to be able to track where your releases go. Really tracking where your releases go is the main thing because once somebody picks it up or someone downloads it, you get a ping back that it's been done, and you can go after that particular news source one-on-one. So... Using those um, sources, the, the higher-paid level ones, if you will, um, is probably more beneficial. Things like announcing sites and whatnot, if you have something unique, you know, really unique in your website um, or a product that you're launching on your website or something that you're selling, you should make sure that that's in the title. So many of these places pick up on tags, or tags are just another way to say keywords. Um, so you want to make sure that that's in your title 
of the press release when you send it out because reporters that have that stuff set to bring back those particular tags, you'll ping. And a lot of times we find the more descriptive we are, we'll even break a press release down sometimes to describe portions of what it is that we're trying to, to, um, to flush out there because the tags are such an important part. Overall, press releases themselves don't get you anywhere because they're, in, you know, they're kind of put into a database and then forgotten about. But the residual that comes from the media and then the way that you work the media once you get the ping that they've downloaded the, rece- the release or that they've seen it is where the gold comes in from the link. So they're just a means to an end. Well, speaking of uh, means to an end, I'm afraid our show has come to an end. Got a message from the booth that, as, as usual, we've gone a little bit over time. Um, Deborah Masseller from Alliance-Link, thank you so much for taking time to be with us on WebmasterRadio.fm today. I appreciate you guys asking. Thanks a lot. Well, uh, it'll be great to see you again in a couple weeks in New York. Um, friends, that's it for Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'd like to thank Brasco, our amazing engineer. Um, if anybody wants to check out Deb's article or the entire series that we've been running, check out the expert, expert articles section over at WebProNews.com. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. More great stuff coming up on Webmaster Radio. <laughs>